This is Scandemic Resistance. I'm Thaddeus Kaczynski. This is episode five or six. I didn't check. We are privileged to have again Renee. And today we'll be discussing an article that I just wrote on my Substack, which I will link in the show notes, entitled, Are You Aware and How Do We Know and How Do We Become Aware of Our Unawareness? Something like that. I should be more, more precise as someone who claims to be a philosopher, but uh, how are you today, Renee? Oh, I'm fine. I think uh, philosophers can end up being kind of abstract. <laughs> yeah, true. Anyway, um, so I, yeah, I read your article and um, there's one sentence I, there's a couple questions I have for you, but one sentence I want to start with, um, just maybe, maybe see if we can unpack it a little bit. Um, you said uh, the main reason, this is in the first paragraph, and you said the main reason for where people stand today vis-a-vis reality is, this, is the state of their souls vis-a-vis God. If I know love, know and love God as a saint does, I will be aware of reality as it is. If I know and love God as a demon does, I will not be. So I'm just wondering if you could just talk about that, both of those, because this seems to be um, in some ways a criteria for, for um, you know, why you would place people, you know, in certain levels of awareness. So I'm just curious about like, what does it mean yeah. Well, know and love God as a saint does, and then what does it mean to know and love yeah. God as a demon? Well, it's also a paradox, too, or something like a kind of um, tension uh, there, because it's also the case that that if you know and love reality, you are also, by that very fact, uh, knowing and loving God. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by reality is um, just just the the way things are in your experience uh, in the world, um, you know, reality itself is something that is ruled over by God and he gives it to us at each moment. Mm-hmm. Each second, he's communicating reality to us. He gives things their own causality and their own kind of relative autonomy. He, you know, he, but he is, he is holding everything in existence at every moment that reality is coming to us. And, you know, it's our job, as creatures, it's our duty and it's also our salvation. It's our happiness um, to, you know, accept, uh, embrace, be docile to, um, you know, what John Cassad, the St. John Cassad calls the sacrament of the present moment. Mm-hmm. So, but on the other hand, you know, there is also, um, the reality of God who transcends the created order and who does communicate himself to us, um, both mediated through created things, but also directly by his grace uh, that comes to us through the church, the Holy spirit, the sacraments, and ultimately um, through the, 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 the incarnation of Jesus Christ and his death, resurrection and ascension. Um, and our, you know, our job in life is to become aware, um, to, to be in union with, uh, reality, the ultimate reality of God. Awareness is what we call kind of the, uh, 
the 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 place where knowledge and love kind of lives in our souls, consciousness, um, the spirit, you know, these other words for this. Yeah, we talked earlier about, you know, um, the idea that truth is a relationship between the mind and reality. And so it's not, um, you know, it's, I like that idea of the, of the truth not being sort of this thing out there, just, um, you know, like something you're going to find along the path, but actually it's, it's a relationship. Um, You know, it's a lot like love and it has a a dynamism to it, um, you know, a a life to it. Uh, I like that. So is that kind of what you're talking about? In a way, like knowing and loving are always happening at the same time. Right. You know, we should maybe use the verb like to know love or to love know. Yeah. You know, you're always acting uh, with your powers and the powers of the soul are you know, knowledge and, and, and will, or, you know, knowing and desiring or intellect and will. And it's, they're always happening in conjunction. And so we desire what we know, we know based on what we, what we desire, because uh, what, you know, our, our, our will in, in a sense um, directs us toward in that awareness. If, I mean, if you have a good will, if your will is ordered towards, the good you know you'll you'll find out what's real and true and so there's always this kind of mutual interplay of the powers of the soul and that that takes me to the joseph peeper quote that you put up there um you know i I imagine it's from his uh, abuse of language abuse of power i think so Uh, but i mean just any everybody should read that um i think it's just a must but you say in there that Um, people uh, you're giving the he's giving the reasons for why people are not are not only unable to find out the truth but unable to search for it which is you know being locked in a silo of unreality which is really frightening but he gives the reasons for that it's because they are satisfied with deception and trickery that have determined their convictions satisfied with a fictitious reality created by design through the abuse of language so somebody who is a saint would not be satisfied right. with that. Um, why not? Why, why couldn't a saint be satisfied with, uh, you know, a kind of deception and trickery well, yeah. reality? The definition of a saint is someone who is, you know, completely surrendered to God and, mm-hmm. uh, has accepted the truth of, of his creaturehood and his, his uh, purpose in life and, and wants to obey the God who created him. And the reason he wants to obey is because he recognizes that his, his life is a gift and it's a gift of love. And this, and the, and the gift is joy, eternal joy, eternal fulfillment and happiness. And the saint recognizes that uh, the the way to that happiness is to um, imitate and and uh, obey the the God who is. Happy. So I was talking about uh, the saint. It got dropped. Hopefully this this will continue. Um, yeah, the the saint. Um, you know why doesn't why is the saint not satisfied 
with trickery and deception, well, it's against God's will. It's evil. It's unreal. The saint wants reality at all costs. The saint is in love with reality and yeah. deception and trickery. I mean, the I don't know. I think the, the, the more difficult question to answer is, is yeah. what would, would not be why anyone would be satisfied with deception and trickery. Exactly. I mean, we talk about, you know, when we're talking about logic or teaching, um, you know, I think most of us from, you know, you know, a, a traditional faith and, you know, something built on reality and, and logic would say, you know, that we're all built to desire that, right? Or in a sense, we want the truth. Nobody wants to be betrayed. Nobody wants to be lied to. But we seem to be in an almost unprecedented, situa unprecedented situation where that seems to be exactly what people want. They want to be, uh, they, they're satisfied, as Pieper says, um, with, with the unreality. And, and I, I just, why is that? Yeah, I mean, Hannah Arendt has a, a quote where she says, the ideal citizen for the totalitarian regime uh, is the one for whom the distinction between fact and fiction doesn't exist. Yeah, it's and the same thing. She's the, saying the same thing. Yep, it fits in really well. And I, it's a mystery, but I mean, I think once, I think once, you know, one, one might just say, oh, that's not true. No, no one wants lies. And, but uh, as I've said over and over again in my writings about the scandemic, um, you know, the, the scandemic is nothing but a, a, a pandemic of lies. And those lies are, are meant to be embraced in a sense, and to a certain extent as lies. Um, and, and because of what, what those lies do for you, I, th I think that's the, that's the answer is, is if you might say, you know, if, if I'm satisfied with trickery and deception, I must be getting something from that. Right. Yeah. So what do I like? I like money. I like power. I like prestige. I like fitting in. I like psychological uh, sense of security. I like control. Um, I like to be superior to others. I like to feel that I'm um, enlightened and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good person. Well, you know, how much do you like those things? Because if you like them a lot, you might accept um, believing in and acting according to a lie in order to have those things. Now, the, the saint doesn't reject any goods like those, like fitting in and 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 feeling like they're a good person and having a certain amount of comfort and security and friendship with others and all that. Those are goods. Those are social goods. Nothing wrong with those. But this, Give them up. the saint never will put those above truth right. ever. And uh, because God is truth and God hates lies. And, mm. and so um, what I'm doing in my articles, I'm basically saying that awareness um if you want to talk about awareness in terms of levels of awareness you know it's kind of a new age way to talk about things but you have like a high level of awareness you know high level consciousness low level mm -hmm. um and you could think of animals like you know clams are pretty low level awareness and mm -hmm. frogs are more and then cats and dogs are are even more and then maybe dolphins and monkeys are really high and then now, why is it? Because they have a, uh, they, they, they have another, they have more um, encounter. They have a, the deeper and richer, diverse encounter with, with, with something other than themselves. 
Yeah, and actually Joseph Pieper, um, I can't remember where this is, but it's an article he wrote on signs. Um, it was when I was looking into semiotics for a while, and I, I encountered a, a Joseph Pieper. It was like a little booklet or a, an article um, on on the he explained sort of the different levels of awareness, just like you're doing, but he explained yeah. it in terms of the, um, the ability to see uh, certain signs, like the amount of signs one can see, for example. So he used this example yeah. of, you know, a, a bird cannot uh, recognize the sign of a grasshopper um, if the grasshopper is really still. Yeah. So the bird will only um, only recognize it, you know, in terms of a sign of, of food, right, or as a grasshopper, um, if it, if it's moving. And but yet human beings, um, or even you know even animals with a little more intelligence, can sort of place themselves in you know in a a larger world of signs or a larger. Um, paradigm of signs and they can recognize something that usually exists within this sort of paradigm right so they're well, seeing yeah. larger, it's larger sort of whole well lower level awareness is only seeing the signs that directly relate to your you know your present desire for something and and you know based on your consciousness like it, you know yeah, exactly. So he was saying that the, the difference between animals, even high level, higher level animals and, uh, and human beings, rational animals, is that not only do we see, um, you know, really quite large paradigms of signs, but, you know, like, like we can see the solar system, um, you know, we can see the universe as a kind of huge paradigm and all, you know, a lot of the details within it. And we can kind of see them in their place and understand hold apart. In, in a really expanded way, but he, it goes beyond that. It's, it's that you can self-reflect on my place in it um, and the meaning of it, the meaning of the whole. So we've been given this, this ability, you know, by God to, uh, to actually reflect on the whole and my, my place in it. Yeah. And animals just simply do not do that. But I'm just wondering if people have been, um, you know, in a sense, like C.S. Lewis talks about in the abolition of man, people have downgraded themselves or the culture has downgraded them to the point where they, they don't really want to reflect in that way. They don't want that responsibility. Yeah. Another, another John Dealey who died, yeah. um, mm -hmm. he was a semi, like one yeah. of the most semioticians. And yeah. I, I don't know if this overlap, this overlaps with Peeper, but he said that man is a semiotic animal. He liked that mm -hmm. definition. What he meant by that is not that we're the only ones who have signs, like, yeah. like kind of thinks that animals have something like a concept, something like a, a, a mental image or placeholder or um, symbol that they use uh, to know the world. So animals have them and we have them, right? Yeah the difference it's not just that ours are universal signs we could have actually abstract uh knowledge of essences whereas yeah. animals only have images that are particular right right not just that it's that we can actually take a step back and relate the sign to the real object 
and recognize the sign as a sign. Mm. Uh, and so animals can't. Animals, mm. when they um, form an image of a predator or a object of food, something that they desire or fear, they don't know that that sign is not the real thing. For them, it's just that they just react and they react by desire or aversion, right? Mm-hmm. Do that too, right? When we see a, yeah, um, we, we, we're attracted to it like an animal, right? But we can say in our minds, apple, and then we could think of apple as like independent of ourselves and we can contemplate it as like a, as an object of beauty um, or something that just exists independent of us. Mm-hmm. And we can think of it that way, right? We don't have to desire it, right? Animals can't do that. So I think what you're saying is we've gotten to the level of aware, low level of awareness where we're just reacting like animals to signs. Well, yeah. And you think it pull, pull together the mass formation thesis and then also the, you know, Mark Crispin's milk, Mark Crispin Miller's work on propaganda. I mean, I was looking at all of your, your uh, sort of your list of, you know, how the kind of low level awareness person thinks that there's this, there's this, there's this, you know, um, Fauci is great, you know, like the, 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 the moron, sorry, excuse me, who had that, you know, like anyone who had Fauci as my co-pilot, I mean, stuff like that, or the, Facebook you know, photo from Fauci yeah. is Catholic, Fauci is my co-pilot. Yeah, that's, that's real good. Um, or, you know, just the, the Ukraine stuff and, and just the cartoonish, the cartoonish stuff that's coming through the media um, and, and the propaganda that, that just, you know, flows out like vomit, you know, in a totalitarian situation. And, and people just, they just buy it. They just take it as fact. They don't look at it. They don't research it. Um, you know, there's, there's been so many instances of very well-educated doctors um, who have started to wake up and they st- say things like, you know, I never thought I could, could or should question what was being told to me like they didn't even they didn't even look yes. at it and and ask the question is this actually related to something in reality well all right there, there's two there's two ways to interpret joseph peeper's quote you know yeah. where people are satisfied with trickery and deception one is that they don't know they're being deceived um but they're satisfied with something that is not is is really not um, true and real and there's something in them that like shouldn't be satisfied by it because it's not it's a counterfeit yeah but they don't they don't know at that moment when they're satisfied that it is a counterfeit, right but it's it's still problematic because the condition they're in is so low their education their ability to discern right that they that they really are fooled and they're satisfied by deception right it's like it's like somebody who I don't know, goes to a magic show and like, just like love, loves the illusions and almost like starts to start to not even realize it's an illusion or, or someone who goes to the movies and gets too lost in it. And they just love the movie so much that. Yeah. It's like those people we used to know that you should dress up like elves, you know, because actually there's another, uh, yep. That's, that's, that's an example. And then I I used to go to this shop and the the guy uh, told me that, you know, I, I, we're talking about what he wants to do when he he was thinking of selling the shop, and he said, "Well, I really want to go to Disneyland." <laughs> and he he meant 
and he kept saying he's been there like a thousand, like like I don't know how many times, like two hundred times or something. And he he really wants to live there and make that his life. Like he he was and he was not kidding. Like he was saying like it's such a wonderful place. I don't know. Is it Disney World? Is that the big one? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. One, <laughs> Um, but he, he really wanted to live there and make that like his life now. Okay. You think like, okay, that's, you, you just have, you have pity. So maybe you need, you need a really low level of awareness where you have these people who really, they, they are kind of choose choosing or something in them emotionally just wants and needs to, um, believe in, in the fairy tale more than reality. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So reality is too threatening. But what about oh, too boring or whatever it is? But what what about somebody who is satisfied with the deception and trickery, knowing it's deception and trickery? Well, doesn't your friend at Dis going to Disney? No, well, no, I don't think he really does. I think he's not sure what reality is. He thinks maybe Disney could be reality. Maybe it's possible. I don't. Whatever. Maybe he's on mind. But I'm talking about somebody who who is satisfied by the deception, um, either deceiving others or being deceived. Because of what it gets them. It's like somebody, like, look, this perfect example is, you know, the pharmaceutical company that Robert Kennedy Jr. talks about when they, they saw that autism was being caused by certain vaccines. This was like, mm -hmm. I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever. I, don't, I forgot what it was. Mm -hmm. And they, they basically said, we are going to promote a lie that these are safe and we're not going to, um, you know, stop these vaccines uh, and we're going to cover it up because we have to make sure that vaccines are seen as safe and the pharmaceutical company retains its good reputation. So that's different. That's a whole nother level now. Yeah. So they're, they're satisfied, you know, with it because they are afraid to lose something. Yeah. So they're putting themselves above, you know, everybody else. It's kind of psychopathic. Yeah, but I mean, I think non-psychopaths did that. Yeah, I mean, they're, so, not, I mean, they're, they're yeah. you could you could you could acquire you know psychopathy, right? You could you could decide I'm going to behave like that. I mean, I've talked to people about who are still wearing masks. Like, I just confront them sometimes in supermarkets, and yeah, sometimes I'll get a response. I'll tell them, you know, they don't work, right? And, and you know, there's like you don't there's no you're not going to get sick and like it, well i know but i just I, I just i just want i just it just comforts me it's just, it's just kind of security it's sort of like yeah it's a talisman so it's a, it's yeah, a kind of sign a superstitious sign that that they know somehow doesn't really fit with reality but somewhere in there emotionally it's like they they've separated their emotional uh life from their rational well, life. they want it to be a certain way yeah uh, like it is and they don't care that it's not yeah because freedom to do it and then if other people are doing it, it's even better i think this is the kind of thing that people well, that's, that's like an addiction right i mean that's how addictive people think you know when they're when they're you know into drugs they know it's they know somewhere in there and you know yeah good for them but they don't they just don't care well anyway i mean the, the point here is it's it's really like high level awareness is 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 indicated by the right set of priorities um and uh you know 
ha having this hierarchy where truth, the, the truth, reality is the most important thing. Knowing reality and all its facets, no matter what. And the low-level awareness is indicated by um, not caring really anything about what's real um, and caring more about what you know, feels good, maybe power, getting yeah. what I want. Um, and so you could see how it's directly related to religion, to the true to the true understanding of religion. If you're connected to God, and then, and this is interesting. So like, you know, I during the last two and a half years, I get people who, according to their theology, metaphysics, and morality, if I ask them what they thought good and evil and right and wrong in certain areas, if I ask them to tell me what God is and all this and what God was and why we're here they would give me a narrative and a set of doctrines and beliefs that were in, indicative of to my in my opinion as a catholic and a philosopher and aristotelian very low level awareness right mm -hmm. but in their actions and in their actual priorities they they, they were lovers of reality yeah okay and and they saw through the scandemic and they fought against it and yeah. then with you know the the most the highest level of uh, of awareness in terms of their education theology, who wrote articles that said that you're in good conscience, you can get the vaccine. I mean, and and in every other way, they would seem to be the highest awareness. Um, and so the level of awareness is not necessarily a function of your explicit um, beliefs and, and religious beliefs and philosophical beliefs. And it, it's not, it should be I mean, related to that, but it's something deeper. It's, it's whether or not in practice you act like a creature. I mean, what's ironic is these people didn't believe they were creatures. Some of them were pantheists or atheists, right? But they acted like creatures in the sense that they, did not want anything but reality, um, you know, organizing their life. Not, not, not every aspect of reality. I guess there were some areas where they didn't like reality, but in very important areas, they, they really got it. So yeah, that, I mean, these were people I, I found open to discussion. Um, you know, like, yeah, it, it was a real mystery. Like they were, they, but they were open to um, the other yeah in some way and i feel like being open to the other um is is scary in some ways um it, it takes a certain kind of courage you know like you you, you maybe call metaphysical courage where you, you're just you you decide you know i'm going to have a certain amount of openness to others to the other um something that i've never encountered before um you know they're a little bit more like free thinkers free spirits they make demands uh, it makes a demand on you. Yeah, it does. And they, they're not so um, ensconced in their own, you know, sort of rational understanding of things around them that, you know, they, they haven't settled, right? There's another kind of satisfaction you can have. You can have a satisfaction with your belief system as it stands. And I do feel that God is so much more dynamic. And I feel like he's always, um, in a sense, transcending or, or busting our categories like um yes you know, i'd be careful there because what about dog catholic dogma 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Catholic dogma, you know, there are definitely places where it's just, it's almost like you could call them in a way, a, 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 you know, concomitant of, of self-evident truths, like they're just there and they don't change. But I do think that God asks us to be, uh, you know, open to the working in his, in our lives, you know, yeah. the kind of working that he, he wants us to have. That's like that, that idea that, you know, that, um, you know, God and reality and the world and what, and God's will for you is coming down the road and yeah. you are, you must meet it. And so whatever God is placing in your life, you, yeah. or, or whatever person he's placing in front of you, it's, it's his will for you right now. And, but that requires this kind of radical abandonment, radical yeah. detachment, because it could be something that you want and it could be something that you don't want. And I feel like the people, even the people who were most closed off and, and had, had actually a very low level of awareness of what was happening were people who tended to, you know, like to have their little space very neat and tidy and they wanted to, they wanted control over it. Yeah. And they might believe all the right doctrines, but they are actually, you know, I believe those. It's my thing. I've got my little, you know, my little place here and don't mess with it. Um, and then, but then there's other people who are, are constantly trying to understand, you know, more about life and understand they're seekers. In other words, they're true seekers and they don't think they have, you know, an absolute, um, you know, understanding they're open. Yeah. So that to me was the difference. It was like the, these people that I, we met, you know, all along through the pandemic, um, were always people who were open to a conversation, a dialectic. Don't ever say the pandemic. The pandemic. Oh, sorry. You know, they were just open to a, a dialectic. Most of them, you know, yeah. uh, and they and they were people. I feel that had and lived with day in and day out, and they'd had this habit of living in a habit of courage. Yeah. Whatever they were convicted about, they had courage about yeah. it. Some of those convictions were absolutely wrong. Yeah. Um. You know, totally off but they had courage about it and they were trying to be open about things and they were willing to discuss things. You know, I feel like the people that, that I've known that have had, you know, really strong Catholic beliefs and practices, um, you know, many of them, you know, lived lives of fear. They were, yeah. coward, they were cowardly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so they well, would, that's they, why they, that the, the fear, fear was the way that they related to their, their religion, God, other people, and they, they like the tidiness of the religion and the philosophy, and yeah, it gave them a, a sense of power and superior. They, they were super power. Yeah, and so that can that can become a a priority over reality, over being open to reality. And yeah. I think um, you were saying somewhere, I can't remember what you were saying in the article. I'm losing it now. I had this, this thought, but. Um, I just lost it anyway. Sorry, I had a thought, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did talk about power. I mean, it, it is true that that power is the the ultimate antithesis of of God. I mean, you either search for power, your own power, or you accept God's power and you obey it. Yeah. And okay. I know what I was thinking of. It was. Um, it has to do with this. You were saying that. You know, the devil has decided, okay, you know, I'm going to set up this 
anti-tradition. So it's, it's no longer working to try to just tear down the tradition really in more obvious ways. It's coming in with, with a counterfeit, right? And, um, yeah. and that people, you know, who are of a low level awareness are not, not going to see that necessarily. They're, they're maybe living in fear. And, and so, you know, they're able to, you know, they're, they're much more prone to being, um, you know, kind of co-opted into this, into this narrative, this desire for, you know, marching with, with the group, with the crowds and all of that. Um, the mass formation stuff comes in here because people who are mo most susceptible to that are also people who are, tend to be more insecure and want uh, approval and are a little bit more afraid, right? Yeah. So is this anti-tradition, anti you were talking about it as an anti-tradition. Do you want to explain that? Like, does it have something to do with, with you know, you're saying he, it's a tradition that gives you nothing. Could you say it's a tradition that gives you fear or? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there isn't any, tradition is, it's impossible to get rid of tradition, meaning there are things that are just handed down to us getting feedback. Are you hearing the feedback? I don't know no. what that is. Oh, I'm hearing some weird feedback. Okay. Um, well, I mean, in a, in a sense, like, um, th this comes from the work of McIntyre where, where he sees liberalism. So, so you're supposed to have this idea that like, you know, the way I see myself and what I consider to be good and what I think life's all about and the facts on the ground and all that is, you know, my relation to my society, my community, it's all just, you know, factual. It's, I figured it out, you know, it's obvious to anyone who's enlightened and, and that, that's kind of li liberalism presents itself as just like a kind of view from nowhere. It's not inherited. It doesn't come from like, you know, some kind of culture, particular culture. It's sort of the, the universal reality that emerges when we get rid of deference to particular religious tradition. Yeah. And, and, and yet it's the, the truth. It's, it's actually a kind of tradition itself. It is a tradition. It, it's built in a particular way, kind of like a um, Whiggish Anglo-Saxon kind of post-enlightenment um, middle class, uh, you know, value system. Um, it, it's not universal. It's not the way things are. It's particular and it's not true, like self-evidently. It's debatable, just like any other tradition is debatable. But it presents itself as like, you know, the uber tradition or the uber reality that puts every tradition in its place. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not what it is. OK. And so what you what you then have is a kind of um, tradition that's presenting itself as not a tradition and therefore it's deceptive and it's it's manipulative. It's, it's manipulative. You know, and would you say you think that that this anti-tradition, this tradition of, you know, nothing in the public square, no cent no real center with any substance to gather around. Right. Um, created the conditions slowly over time as, as uh, pluralism, you know, grew like a mushroom cloud and uh, traditional religious communities, um, you know, kind of devolved in a sense yeah. Or, yeah. or went away that, 
that the, that was kind of the this we're, we're seeing the end the end game here and in, in the sense that it's created a lot of atomized people with no no place to gather no place to come together um not no common sort of sense of of morality and reality and understanding um you know like this we were talking about the signs before that, that the signs have all become yeah well it's uh, you know people can't really relate or talk to each other so i'm just saying do you yeah. think that 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 created the kind of conditions of fear you've yeah. been living under probably for i don't know last hundred years maybe yeah well the, the so the idea here is that um the, it's the Hobbesian paradigm, and Locke is really just a version of Hobbes. It really never escapes the Hobbesian. The Hobbesian paradigm is: I have my life. I'm an individual. I can do what I want. Um, I have power, and you have power, and you have the right to do what you want. And nature is scary. Yeah, nature is scary, and we. We, 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 can, we can choose to cooperate and we can work with each other, but ultimately we're just competitive individuals trying to get what we want. And that's, um, and we have freedom and nobody, nobody can coerce anyone else in the, in the realm of like citizens. Citizens are absolutely powerless to do anything other than, um, you know, do their own thing. And so you can choose to join a group. And that group can say it has rules and it has beliefs and it has doctrines you must follow or else you'll go to hell. But And you could choose to jo join that group if you want. Um, and you could accept the narrative. Uh, at any moment, you can leave. And there's yeah. no obligation whatsoever on you. Uh, and nothing, nobody could stop you. Okay. But then there's somebody who can tell you what to do at any moment. And you have no recourse. And it doesn't matter if you think it's wrong or right. It doesn't matter if it goes against your religion. As long as Hobbes says this person is not trying to murder you, you have to obey. And well, and people and people. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. That, yeah. And that, that's the that's the Leviathan, right? That's the government. No, and, I and got the, it. And and I'm yeah. just saying that people, in the end, it's it's kind of like they want someone to care whether or not they're there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the so, government. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if if there's nothing in the culture, you know, the the religion really, or the culture that that it has a kind of reality level demand on you that you can un, that you can stand under that you can have a kind of human creaturely submission to, which we all want. We want the sense that that we're part of something that we matter. That, you know, if somebody's saying, hey, I want you to be here or you need to be here for your own good or this is reality and you were made for this. And so you need to be here that that's being in a family. Right. That's being yeah. loved in some way. Uh, the counterfeit, of course, is the totalitarianism, which is, you know, that you have to be here because we need to, you know, suck you dry. Um, well, that, it doesn't come out and say that. I, I just. I, yeah, I think you're right. There's these needs that aren't being fulfilled yeah. in, the, in culture. And so maybe you have a nicer version of Hobbes. There's, you know, there's people with families and they like, love their family and their communities love them. Fine. But here's the thing. As soon as the Leviathan tells you that, listen, we've got to do this. 
especially if there's an uncommon situation. Usually everything works out well, right? The Leviathan leaves you alone as long as you don't break the laws, right? You can, yeah. you can do what you want, right? And it's great, you know? Make as much money as you want and you can have whatever lifestyle you want. You could be Catholic or you could be a transgender. You could be a Satanist, whatever. You could be a selfish person as long as you don't mess with someone else's freedom. But the thing is... The price you're paying for that is that when the Leviathan tells you that there's something you have to believe or do, um, you've already agreed that you'll you'll believe and do that. Okay, and so that's that's what happens. And here's the thing: psychologically, though, um, when when the power you know emerges, um, it doesn't. People don't treat it as just an arbitrary. Um, uh, edict of the powerful for the sake of keeping that liberal order. Um, they, they, tr- and we see this with COVID, they treated it as a kind of like declaration of reality from God. Yeah, no, and, it, was uh, like, it was like children, it was like children with a parent. Yeah. Like, you know, my dad says I need to do this. And so I need to go do it, you know? And it's like they felt the sense of disloyalty if they didn't follow along, you know? Yeah. And I, I, um, I don't know. It's like the libertarians say, well, you know, this was bad. It shouldn't have been mandates and Leviathan got, got too powerful. But the point is if you, if you have this vacuum, okay. And, and, and you're really saying that this, there's no check on the state this is, this gets, this gets into some deep political philosophy things, but you know, the, 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 the kind of like, the buck stops at the state. The, whoever has the whoever is considered to be a uh, not a private citizen, like like you know somehow they're. I mean, private citizens, of course, are the ones who are in the Leviathan, right? But as long as they're you know officially a member of the Leviathan, the state, they're set apart, and their opinions and their and their declarations and their commands are no longer private. They are the official truth, good and authority for everyone okay and that's the price you pay and and there's no recourse outside leviathan the leviathan does not have to be based on what's real what's good god it does not it just it it simply doesn't It, it it simply is what it is and there's no like bad leviathan declaration like by, by definition it creates what's good and evil and what's right and wrong so there's no check on it so, I mean, you could just see that's exactly what happened. Okay. Is, and I, I think the, the idea of a, you know, we, the people being, you know, like there's no Leviathan here. It's we, the people. Right. Um, but if, if the people themselves are in such a state, like a low level of awareness, as you're talking about, that they're in such a state that they are so easily manipulated and so satisfied as Peeper says, with you know with deception then you know they are their own leviathan you know what i mean like the problem though is that we the people is not the authority that's human will again okay so what what is it the dialectic is you either have elites um who impose their minority opinion uh you know you say truth is the will of the powerful yeah or truth is the so the powerful is the elite or the powerful is the majority that's both wrong Okay, truth is not the will of any human being. Truth is the will of God. It's the will. It's truth is what re, is the real. 
So, you know, this is what D.C. Schindler argues in Politics of the Real, is that political authority, the authority to coerce, to obligate, um, to uh, have the uh, force of law, the only authority for that is the real. Now, what does that mean? It means the good, the true, the beautiful. Uh, We learn that from tradition and we learn that from communities' customs. Aquinas says that custom has the force of law. Because when something is repeated over and over again by a group of people, it's like filtered wisdom and it just sort of like articulates what's good and real, like handshakes, giving a handshake to someone or, you know, having whatever it is that you see, you know, emerging organically in a community that sort of has like authority. Right. Um, These are all indicative of what's real and what's good. Right. That's the authority. Except now we've got a bunch of practices now that are becoming instituted as custom that are actually like bad. Yeah, that's because it's a counterfeit custom. It's top down. Customs are not top down. Right. Customs are ground are right, grassroots. Right. Grassroots it's, coming it's, out of reality. Well, that's I mean the perfect example of that is the Catholic liturgy. Okay, the Tridentine mass was organic custom. Uh, you know, baptized and purified and perfected by the Holy Spirit in, in conjunction yeah. with human decisions and tradition. The Novus Ordo, even though it's valid and doesn't contain anything that's an incitement to impiety and evil, was more a top-down imposition of alien customs that were not appropriate and that were that were and that that was destructive. There's no doubt about it. Like you say in your article, I think we really start seeing this kind of, you know, we're going to create laws and come top down and the 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 disassociation with from from this disassociation between authority and you know common custom and reality i you were saying it seemed to me began in the period of the enlightenment um you know i might say it started a little bit before that i like regine perrault's theory that it, it really starts when with the return of the roman law yeah the 13 1300s um, so the high middle ages, and then that gave rise to, uh, you know, a sort of top down, uh, more impersonal, less, uh, yeah. you know, less, less rooted in custom, you know, these laws. Yeah. The, the best book on this is the quest for community by Robert Nisbet. It's really brilliant. Okay. And also the, the, um, uh, what is the, the Brad Gregory's book, The Unintended, oh, yeah. Re- Unintended Reformation? Th- those okay. two are really good on this. Um, yeah. And, and, and um, I would say Regine Pernod's Women in the Days of the Cathedral. Yeah, those three books. There you go. And that'll really show you the the development of, you know, how we got to this this yeah. this, this place. And but um, yeah, the 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 the, pro- the main problem here is when when that that which that which has power to coerce which is the state it has a monopoly on power um there is no authority above it it's very simple the power and the authority are collapsed exactly that's what you saw with the pandemic okay you saw the authority of science and these appoint these these people in governors and public officials, mm-hmm. health officials, and the W and these, these three letter organizations, global organizations, they had both authority, all the authority and all the power. And the church 
which is the de facto and de jure check on all states because its authority is higher than the authority of the state because it comes directly from God. It's a God-established institution and its end is higher, not just natural happiness, but supernatural happiness. That church in its bureaucracy and in its human element um, renounced its authority and accepted itself as merely uh, a, 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 you know, one voluntary organization among many and basically started to become uh, a parrot of the, of the Leviathan and internalize the commands of its oppressors. None other, none more doing this than Bergoglio, so-called Pope Francis. And that's a question. I guess I'll defer to the accepted view that he is the Pope, but there is good arguments that he isn't. But um, whatever it is, the truth about that, the, the invisible church um, in this scandemic shut down its own supernatural ob obligated activities at the behest of the Leviathan, which had no authority whatsoever to do so. And now we know it was all based on murderous lies. Um, and so um, I think that this has not really sunk in to people how bad that that, that how bad that. No, I don't. I don't think people, you know, like the shutting down of mass um, in person during her Holy Week, and and then the, you know, the the Pope saying that the vaccine is, you know, An like act of love. It's just like, oh my gosh! The more we, the more you find out about this, and the more you find out about what it's doing to people and their bodies and their health, and it's an act of it's just awful and it you just it sinks in more and more and at, at the time you know everyone's like oh they're just trying to cooperate and it's like no no and you 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 hear story upon story of people who didn't get last rights people who didn't look didn't the, have funeral know, they I didn't know. have you know they didn't we're talking about get married they couldn't it was just like i mean we know that crazy? god's merciful god's merciful and hopefully he he was merciful but yeah you know, what's interesting about this evil is it really comes down to the lack of responsibility. It's always this, it's always responsibility. Yeah. So when, it, when somebody says, you know, no, I was just trying to like, you know, be humble and obedient to the, to the, you know, the, to the people in charge, you know, the, do you know, the doctors know and science knows and just trying to be good people. Okay. It's like, you can say that, but if you're being irresponsible in deferring recklessly to those who do yeah. not have the authority and have shown themselves to be corrupt, you, that that's that's evil. Okay, it's called reckless obedience. Well, that's what I would say is what I'm looking at with Pope Francis right now is reckless, um, reckless conformity. Yeah, and it, absolutely reckless. And so that that in, for somebody in his position is just, I mean, you know, how many people, uh, you know, trying to get legitimate medical or religious exemptions um you know trying to save themselves um from being injured or harmed by these things either short term or long term you know was was told the answer is well your own pope you know said you should get it Please. and it's just like absolutely scandalous oh yeah so and then so this quickly, thing, yeah go ahead sorry quickly what what so what's the way out yeah well what is the way how do you know that Okay, so you know, yeah, you think you're aware, but you don't know. Maybe you're not. Maybe your awareness is not as high as it should. So, how do you make sure 
that you're always, you know, try, you're always having the highest level of awareness you can. Um, if we talk, go back to the paradigm of, of a low and high level awareness, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, there's no formula for this. I mean, it, it comes back to knowing and loving God, knowing and loving reality. And it comes back to being responsible. So, I mean, it, it comes, I think it comes back to the Socratic. The Socratic um, genius is to always think to yourself, um, always be reflecting on what I know and what I don't know. Yeah. And, and whether I know and how I know. And, um, and, and you know, th- that doesn't mean you have to be perpetually skeptical. It doesn't mean that. You, you can sort of have a justified conviction um, you know, Plato speaks of opinion and right opinion and knowledge. Okay. And a, a right opinion is when your conviction is true. Opinion is just a level, a very low level of where all you do is have, you just have a conviction and it may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you don't care even it's just opinion, right? Opinion is good. Uh, you know, in, in a way the church gives us right opinions, right? It doesn't right. tell us, it doesn't, it doesn't justify doc, doctrine, dogma. Um, it, it, it gives accounts of it. It gives persuasive arguments for why it makes sense. But ultimately, you know, it's not a matter of um, proof, okay, because the truths that the church teaches us are above proof. So, you know, in a way, the church declares right opinion, and she has the authority to do so. And then there's knowledge. Knowledge is justified right opinion, okay? So you have a reason for thinking what you think, and it's true. It happens to be true, and you know it's true. And there isn't any other way for it to be than the way it is, if it's a really good argument. And so, you know, you have to constantly think that. I mean, and a good example is a certain, you know, professor, uh, you know, wrote an article saying that it's justified. It's more you're you're morally okay if you get the injection. And he was basing most of his argument about the uh, connection with aborted fetal cells. Um, Well, it turns out that it's not uh, morally okay to inject yourself with something that very well may hurt you. Okay. Or we at know- the least, all it has to be is that is not adequately tested. It's a new novel yeah, uh, right. technology. It's not a vaccine. It's a gene therapy. Never been used before. Some of it's being, you know, the, the, the current booster vaccine, Omicron or whatever, wherever variant it is is being is being rolled out on the on the evidence of testing of eight mice oh it was six oh that's bad at least eight eight's better oh yeah it's it's good great we're good now yeah you know i mean this guy is is he looking into all of this well that that's my point is i know my point is you know you you know i can imagine somebody who is not educated and not well uh equipped to do research who has no idea that the pharmaceutical companies are corrupt. And he thinks to himself, look, I got to protect my family. I'm being asked to do this. And he does it. Okay. Yes. He acted in good conscience. Fine. Right. Okay. I I think there are people like that. Right. Yeah. But the point is if you're a public intellectual and you have really high level philosophy, theology, and cultural understanding. Okay. And you, you don't look into yeah, the debate on this because you're so offended at 
you're so disgusted at the at the P, like Alex Jones and and uh, you know and uh just, you know what or whatever i mean you just had you have this prejudice about conspiracy no, theories, or they're just or they're just know. lazy they're just or, lazy. or they're just lazy or or i think there's a lot of that well how about what's even worse is if they were to look carefully and closely they might find out um the truth and then they'd be obliged to say it and then they'd be shunned by a lot of their constituency and their peers and so, well, whatever, they just put out a kind yeah. of article that just sort of like hedges bets and says, well, you know, I'm not for the mandates and against the mandates, but, you know, you can, you know, vaccines are really, uh, uh, the church says you should get a vaccine if that's, if that's important and if there's well, no good like, reason not to get it. It's like a doctor who, you know, I mean, I've had doctors where you go in and you know, they just, they just, you tell them what's going on. They look it up on the computer and then like diagnose you from the computer. And it's like, maybe if I had the program you had, I could have done that. I know. And, and, and it's and, like, yeah. you know what? You're not, you're not looking into it. You're not practicing medicine. No. Um, no. And a teacher and a public intellectual who isn't, doesn't have actual knowledge. If you're talking about opinion, justify, you know, just knowledge being justified opinion, you know, they're not, they're not doing the work. And so I just, that just makes me so hot under the collar, you know, well, it's, it's, again, it's irresponsible. It. Yeah. It's reckless. And that, and that, and get back to awareness. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't like being responsible. It's scary. Okay. But maybe, maybe I've been gifted and maybe you've been gifted. I have a hard time being irresponsible and not feeling bad about it. Okay. And, and that's a gift. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and so, okay, I'm not going to take credit for that. Um, and maybe some people don't have that. I don't know, but I'm just saying it's, it's certainly the case that, that awareness has to do with responsibility. You feel responsible, you do what it takes to be responsible. And uh, again, that comes back to the spiritual because God made you and he's, and he's, he's saying you, are, this is what Socrates taught. He said, you are responsible for the state of your soul, just like you are with your body. You have to eat well and exercise, right? Well, you are much more responsible for the soul, which lives forever. So you cannot um, rent out that responsibility. You can't, you, what's the word? You can't, um, you can't uh, like hire, hire, hire it out to someone else. Yeah. Um, you can't defer to other people um, on things that you need to be responsible for. And, and not everybody has the same level of responsibility, but if you're a Catholic and yeah. you're a philosopher and you dare to write on this question, you better look into, you better watch Vernon Coleman. You better, you better watch Mike Yeadon, you know, you better watch the high wire. Okay. And you can't just say, well, those are, no, oh, those are Trump thing. Those, those are low level. I'll, I'll just, I'll just stick with, you know, my little circle. It's like, okay, no. Okay, and you're going to have to answer for that. Well, you have to you have to look at the science too. You have to look at the studies. You have to look at well the actual. You know, I wouldn't studies. I wouldn't just yeah. say just go listen to the high wire. No, I'm talking about um, yeah whatever. I agree. I'm, I agree. Yeah, I'm just saying you know you need to go and and find out. And no, what I mean by the high wire is the fact that they interview scientists, doctors who are very yeah. very like John Yanonidis and and Peter McCullough. Are you kidding me? I know, I mean, and they put and they put all the studies on online. I know, so they so, don't. 
Yeah, they yeah. don't uh, hold their sources. They they give them out. The other the other thing. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, you know, I was talking about Socrates that he says in the Gorgias. Um, you know, even you know, also alongside you know being responsible for your soul, and actually, um, you know, I can't remember which dialogue ends with the myth of Ur. Isn't that the Gorgias? Oh, that's the Republic. Yeah. But oh, in the Gorgias, Gorgias afterlife one, too. Yeah, he does. And so in, in the Gorgias, you know, one of the things he he's really upset about in terms of rhetoric and, you know, and, and any kind of, you know, persuasion or, or you know, somebody writing an, an argument, but they're also trying to, you know, persuade people like this piece you're talking about. You know, he says you have to be responsible for what what people do after they listen to you yeah. yes you are responsible for that you know gorgias wants to say he's not responsible you know he's just you know whatever i'm just giving them the i'm teaching rhetoric i'm giving them these skills or i'm doing rhetoric and it's like you are responsible for what people do with what you say and so you know in some ways it makes should make all of us kind of think twice about about speaking um, which I think is echoed in the Bible. It says you will be held accountable for every word. Yeah. And if you are not um, aware enough, if you are not um, of a disposition to actually find out the truth, to listen to Archbishop Athanasius Schneider on his, his argument about the abortion connection to the vaccines, or, or you know, go and find out about all of the, the <laughs> million injuries of this vaccine million well i think there's been millions of deaths actually i i, I mean there, there's an s i mean you know steve hirsch is that his name i think steve hirsch um he says it's probably 50 million in the world who've been killed by this thing well that's that's a huge number i didn't yeah well, that's because he's done, the... he's done surveys and he's he's yeah. extrapolating from the surveys he's done all the people who know someone who's died Okay, and I mean, anyway, whatever whatever the actual number is, they're covering it up. So we'll probably never know because they're covering it up. They're lying about it. Um, but anyway, I mean, but all you have to do is, you know, you look at VAERS and then, you know, multiply it by at the least 10 because, yeah. um, you know, they're, they, they, you know, Harvard study showed that. No, it's definitely know, a million average. It's more than a million adverse reactions in the world, much more. Oh, that. oh, yeah. No, I think, no, I was saying in the United States. Yeah, just in the U.S., I know. And yeah, so all, you know, you, you just, at the least, you have to look at that system and say, you know, yeah, do I know. what I say in good conscience, you can get this if you if you have, you know, they're saying something like the, the myocarditis and heart problems, something for young people, something like one in 800 could develop a seems to be developing a serious uh problem which could affect the rest of their lives yeah i at least that i thought i thought it was even even no i mean one in 800 is 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 just so bad i mean yeah it is i think they they would they before they would have pulled something with one in you know like a hundred thousand yeah well so so anyway the the mystery the mystery of all this is is the level of awareness that we have is in a sense a gift that we can reject or accept it's also something we can work on and develop and increase it's our responsibility Uh, we cannot blame the culture we're in we can't blame the abuse we've been given i mean it makes it harder to have awareness but 
some people who've been hurt and abused to become people with the highest awareness and some people who've never had any issues and had yeah. great, they become the lowest. And so I just, I just feel like, you know, the, the big upshot here is that, you know, if you want them to talk about awareness, there is the, the warning and that the, the prophecy is that God is going to make us fully aware of exactly our level of awareness of him and reality and sin and what we did in this life. And it's going to happen before we die, not um, after we die, which it will happen again, but we're going to have a pre-death um, standing before God, illumination of our conscience. And according to these prophecies, it's coming quickly, soon. And um, we need well, to be ready and, for it. And even if that that doesn't happen, I mean, I think it, it's just sitting down right now, yeah. and looking at yourself maybe in the mirror and saying, do I desire the truth? Yeah. Do I desire to love reality and to submit to whatever is, is true? Am I, am I open to that? Um, do I love it? Or do I love myself and my comfort and my own self-image more than that? And I think yeah. it's just that simple question because I, I just believe that, um, like we were talking about with these people we met uh, along the way who seemed very highly aware in some ways, even though they were not aware in other ways, but it was just a, a, a seeking of the truth, you know? Um, yeah. It's, you know, if you seek, you will find. So you just have to, you have to like decide, you know, like Aristotle said, um, every action is, is, comes from love, right? So every action in some way is a desire or movement towards some good. And so you have to think to yourself, am I, do I desire the truth? Do I desire reality? Do I desire God? Yeah. Or not? And just, just to ask that question is 99%. There yeah. Because so. if you're asking that question, it means you care. Um, yeah. yeah. But if you don't ask the question and you never think you should, or you're not attracted to it, it's a mystery um, at that point uh, because it's like, you can't, you can't lift yourself up by your bootstraps. So yeah, some, some people are just really, really afraid. And they've gotten into yeah. a, a pattern of fear and they've, they've, the only way they can control mm -hmm. it and anxiety and fear. This is a very anxiety and fear producing culture and time that we're in. And so if people are yeah. afraid, it's, it's understandable. Yeah. And I think that people around who have, who have asked that question and answered it uh, affirmatively that, yes, I do love the truth. And I, and they've started to live that way. I think those people really need to, reach out and love people yeah. and, as and much as you can love what people is, who are afraid if you're if you're the kind of person that has been given the gift to be able to ask that question consistently in your life and sit, people know that somehow they sense it that they'll, they'll be more attracted to asking it by by mimesis by imitation because yeah they'll, they'll see that you're that you're asking it and you're living that out and it's it's okay it'll be all right so yeah, that, we should leave it at that. Um, if, right. if if you have a higher level, if you're gifted with a higher level of awareness, you know, share that level by being available to people so that they uh, somehow by osmosis, you know, maybe and love uh, and well, yeah, I mean, just just by your presence, yeah. their level of awareness will increase.
Yeah, because this, this, you know, this higher, lower level awareness, this is no inner circle elitism. No, no. I mean, because as soon as you become actually, I think, I mean, I'm not saying I'm totally aware, but as soon as you become more aware and you're focused on the truth, you know, you realize very quickly that, that this is about inviting everybody. Yeah. And, and, um, and yes. this, this is, you know, this is a reality, so you don't have a monopoly on it. And, well, the, uh, the person with the perfect level of awareness was Jesus because yeah. he was God. He gifted that awareness to his mother. Um, and then he communicated that awareness in the church. He, ge- he gave that as a gift to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what really uh, always uh, picks us up and, and builds us and, and increases our awareness. And so, yeah, the, tr- the ultimate truth is to get in touch and encounter the church in a good parish with good people and the sacraments, because that will raise your level. You, you, you know, we have to, we, we can't, you know, we can't do it without, without the church ultimately. And so in the end, the Eucharist uh, as Catholics, we know that we, we have to, we have to get, and you know, my, my main way of prayer is to sit in silence um, with Jesus and just say Jesus Abba, and then allow his awareness to you know come into mine and it, it's it just because i i'm basically saying by my silence i don't have awareness i'm not not there i'm in a cave i need it and then just by sitting you know 20 minutes twice a day you're basically asking for that higher level uh awareness and so yeah, it's, a good, it's stop- a good way to pray yeah you're stopping the the constant you know flow of information and probably yeah. propaganda that the other thing yeah do go into silence but you're gonna have to turn off uh yeah. you're gonna have to turn off media to do that so with that yeah well let's turn, let's off turn this media. off <laughs> all right thank you renee god bless you take care okay and we'll see you guys next time this is scandemic resistance i'm thaddeus kaczynski